the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy May 26, 2013 to you. Hopefully you're enjoying the season. I enjoy a little heat. Makes grass grow a little greener, so to speak. Literally. Each calls on the air today. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I've got the one, the only CFP, Chad Burton, with me today. So don't be shy. Consider picking up the phone, and uh, you can get two people giving you second opinions on any financial question that may be coming into your life. I'm sending out a newsletter a little bit later this morning that I wrote yesterday. If you want a copy of it, you can get it at robblack.com under visitor sign-up, robblack.com under visitor sign-up. And one of the things I wrote down in the newsletter chat and newsletter mark commentary, whatever you want to call it, is I think this market goes higher. And whether or not we have a spring correction, I think by the end of the year, it's higher because weighted, market weighted earnings are almost 10% higher year over year. And the only thing that drives markets, not sequestration, not terrorism, not Japan, not Europe, in the end, the only thing that drives markets are earnings. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, comments, prayers? Well... Okay, so you've got to make sure you have revenue growth to come along with the earnings because you got to remember why some of the earnings are increased. in the end. All you need is earnings, but you do want the revenue. Yeah, too. well, because yeah, because you can't have infinity earnings without infinity yeah. revenue, right? You are correct. Um, and what has been going on a lot? I mean, actually, last quarter revenue came in higher than I expected, okay. so I was pleasantly surprised. That kind of gave us this push where we are now. This quarter, it's to be seen. We'll get an update. You know, we've just started the reporting season, but. Companies, what they have done is they've been able to refinance their debt at extremely low rates. They've been able to go out and borrow money on the, uh, and you know issue bonds at a lower rate than what they're paying on their own stocks on a dividend, and they use that to buy back shares. That takes you know shares out of the market. It reduces the number of shares in the market, so that means the earnings are being accounted for by less shares, right? So you have a higher earnings per share. So we've had a top-line issue. Um, you know, lackluster growth on the top line, sure. but expenses are lower. So that means you get a bigger bottom line. Now, what's interesting is that on the flip side of this in, in emerging markets, um, you've had a lot of top line growth, but they've had more expenses because of wage inflation in the last two quarters, really. That's why you've got this really interesting outperformance of U.S. markets over the first quarter and really lackluster performance in emerging markets in the 
the uh, the first quarter. And those those gaps usually close one way or the other. Either emerging markets will catch up or or U.S. markets would fall. I think it's kind of in between. Um, I'll tell you, the United States got leverage on the upside. Even yeah, when that revenue does pick up, they're pretty lean and they're pretty well funded. Yeah, it, it is. It's the when you got a, you got a pretty strong dollar right now, so that's going to hurt some of the exporters for a while. Um, that's why you know Japan is printing money faster than the U.S. by quite a bit. Um, it's it's interesting how it'll play out because eventually the market has to get off the the crack known as the reserve, right? Um, and I, I don't know if it does in our lifetime. It we may I mean we may be with this type of we're ten years into it. For a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So um, GDP, first quarter GDP came in. Uh, it's an advanced estimate of 2.5%. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good number. I could live with anything in between 2 and 3%. I prefer 3 to 3 and a quarter, but we're not in those times. Yeah, you don't, at least you're kind of out of the recession kind of category if you're over 2%. Meanwhile, you've got 5.5 predicted GDP growth in, in uh, Central and Southeast Asia. Okay. So, double the growth rates, growing middle class, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Amazon, Starbucks, Scaly, Tencore, Chevron all reported numbers last night. Uh, but I think the big news is is that Jennifer Love Hewitt is not going to be a star. It's not going to be a, on X Factor. Thoughts, comments? I didn't even know she was around anymore. Of course she is. <laughs> Don't be silly. It's interesting to see Starbucks sell off today a little bit, down 1.2%. Had it, obviously, it's had a huge run, but... Have you been in a Starbucks recently? You know what? I'm a pizza guy. Okay. Have you been in a Starbucks recently? No. Okay. They do a lot of mobile payments. They're doing a lot of really, really cool things. Yep. Yeah. That I quite enjoy that I wish were in other real... uh, What am I trying to say? Um, In other retail type of plays. So what is the sell-off in Starbucks recently? That's only 1.2% today, but um, their their same-store sales in the U.S. up 7%. Good God. That is amazing, and, and so they've really, really come back. Um, I was in, I was talking or listening to rather the um, an interview with uh, McDonald's CEO, and they're going through all the new innovations that they have, and they admitted they're late to the mobile pay game, yeah. and they're going to be coming online with that. Um, and it's just, you know, Starbucks and, and McDonald's are really technology companies now, especially McDonald's in terms of how they process, they get a new item, and how they. You know, bring that through their systems in a very productive, efficient way. Uh, it's a great company. Well, this week, McDonald's announced three new products, a new McWrap for the millennials. Mm-hmm. Which has been in Austria for a long time. Which is yummy delicious. Um, they've got a new pomegranate berry type of slushy fruit drink. Yep. And they've got uh, egg, egg white. And Apple came out with nothing. <laughs> nothing in the last year. You know, Apple is, is going to be one of those things It's it's... You know you have shrinking margins. Yeah. You got a nice increasing dividend now. Sure. So that's going to be able to be picked up by dividend achiever type people, right? Value people. But you know you have decreasing margins, so you just have to keep an eye on the revenue and make sure that that's increasing enough to keep up with the decreasing margins. Which it was, 10% revenue growth, which I think everyone in America would have killed for in the S&P 500. Yeah. So. But um, my point being is, new product, 52-week high for McDonald's. No new product, 52-week low for right. Apple. It's a product-driven market. So. It is. Well, and it's not like they're not going to ink a deal with China Mobile. It's not like they're not going to announce something at the Worldwide Developers Conference. Do you get this watch thing, this whole idea of a watch? Yeah. Really? I just don't. 
I haven't worn a watch for years. Ever okay. since I got a cell phone. Okay. I haven't right. worn a watch. Okay, this week you saw a big hacking of uh, Twitter, right? Yep. How about this? How about you do a thumbprint on your watch every time you go to Twitter? And suddenly there's no fraud anywhere in America anymore. I don't want to read anything on my watch. I'll do a thumbprint you, you on don't my have to phone. Read it. Yeah, you don't have to read anything on your watch. So you just put it in your headphones? It could be your, hey, uh, give me directions to McDonald's. And you're talking to your watch. And you, it actually reads your time, and it tells you your weight. And it, it gets a little bit more biometric and keeping you healthy. You know, flying every two weeks, going to the airport. And I'm, every time I'm there, I'm almost ran into by somebody looking at their phone, texting. They're not even watching where they're going. Yeah. Now they're going to be looking at their watch and their phone running into me. Well, the phone's dead in five to seven years, completely gone. We won't even, we won't even be conscious of it anymore. It'll be an earbud piece and uh, maybe glasses or maybe a watch. So, phone's going to die. It's not long uh, for this earth. Uh, Mr. Mr. Eight-pound PC. <laughs> wow, it's heavy. It's a heavy PC. Pimp the uh, seminars for us. Oh, I, well, the morning is all about if you've got a larger portfolio and you're trying to figure out how to manage it, what asset allocation looks like, um, some of the alternative investment ideas that you should look at, especially bond alternatives. If you're getting close to retirement, I mean, you want 20 to 30% of your income coming from guaranteed income sources. And when you rebalance it, and what I talked about yesterday on, on your show when I filled in for you is some of the things people should really be looking at right now is, hey, the market's been up. How much safe money do you have? Time to peel off some growth and replenish your safe money. Go through that process, how you keep an eye on your portfolio, which accounts you draw from first, how you make it so that your portfolio lasts till the day you die. If you want to sign up, Go to robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's Saturday, the Double Tree Berlin game. All these kinds of places make it seem like it's been ages. And tomorrow's sun will build in a straight sky. I love this country dearly. I can feel the light of clearly. But I never thought I'd be alone. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Geostation. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. We're going to do two events this weekend in Burlingame at the Doubletree. Nine and noon on Saturday. It's going to be a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. CFP Chad Burton runs that gamut. It's a pretty good event. Um, these events are always kind of light informative. Your questions will be answered. And uh, again, good way to connect with the show. In the afternoon, Money 101, all things financial from 1 to 4. I'm going to be running that gig, again, with some tip-ins from Chad Burton. Uh, that's for people who are accumulating wealth. I look at life as two people, people that manage it and people that accumulate it. There's a new study out, speaking of which, the wealthier are getting wealthier and the poor are getting poorer. It's pretty much across the board. The top 7% of Americans are getting wealthier, and the other 93% are struggling just ever so slightly. The richest 7% of American households, 8 million with more than 836,000 in net worth, did quite well from 2009 to 2011. The average net worth rose from 2.5 million to 3.2 million, a 28% jump. The rest of American households, their net worth went from roughly 140,000 to 134,000. CFP Chad Burton comments. It's interesting, and just uh, from a social, uh, you know, you start off with an emerging market, right? The same thing happens. You either have 
the haves or the have-nots, and then there's no mid in between. Then when it becomes an investment opportunity is when there's a middle class growing because that's your consumer base. Then you get to a country like ours or even Japan where been around for a long time now, right? We've we've got a pretty good system, capitalism, and now you're kind of seeing that spread again. Um, I think that comes back. I think part of the problem was that a lot of my, our manufacturing went overseas. We still manufacture a ton here, um, but a lot of that's coming back, and I think that will help the middle class. And the reason why it's coming back is because the wages aren't as cheap overseas as they used to be, so companies can't save as much money by going overseas to produce things because they're having production problems, they're having employee problems, they're having cost problems now. So a lot of that comes back. I think that I think that that'll change, and I think that what would change it quicker is a much better tax system. Simpler tax system that has businesses want to keep their business here and move their cash back over here. Could you imagine if the United States government gave a amnesty to repatriate cash, what it would do for our economy? I, I don't understand why not. I mean, can you yeah. give me one reason why they App- don't? Apple's got hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, 70% of their cash, right? Hundreds of billions of dollars, excuse me. Yeah, billions. In foreign markets, and they don't repatriate it because they'd have to pay a 30% tax. And on top of it, you know, they go out and borrow American dollars so they can pay a higher dividend in American economies. It's it's stunning. Um, That's why I'm looking at an entry point in an international small cap because it's it's not a very well developed area. You get emerging markets, you get international markets. It's mostly large cap and mid cap. But with that cash overseas and companies are having you know trouble really growing their top line revenue, they're going to have to buy their revenue. They're going to have to you know do an M and A while interest rates are low. So we've got an email. You can email me rob at robblack.com or chad at chadburton.com. Hi, Robert. Last night I watched PBS's Frontline, the Retirement Gamble, and I just kept remembering points to you and Chad made over the years. Invest in low, no-load cost mutual funds, avoid annuities. Have you seen the show? Any comments? Um, first and foremost, that comes from Ron, and I think he's just a snob. Who watches PBS? Just snobs, right? I love how you ask for calls and emails, and then you just hammer on you. What is a snob? Support good programming. NBC's the fattest person on the planet. That's what I want to see. Yeah, reality shows are nothing. Splash. Fat people diving off uh, diving boards. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to comment on this issue. Let's go to Harry. <laughs> How are you, Harry? Hi. Am I on? You are on. All right. Um, I'm one of those uh, idiots that uh, started pulling out of the market uh, about a year or so ago thinking, how can it keep going up like it's going up? We're printing money like crazy, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm a self, um, self-do-it, self like my 401K and uh, a couple other little investments. I have about, maybe about 300 grand in my 401K, and I missed all this big run-up, and now it's like I'm probably in about 15% or so, some stock mixes, but maybe 80% is pretty much in cash, and it's like now, and I'm 56, so I got a few years left, but you know, not a ton of time. So uh, I'm, I'm about ready to put it, to get into about 20 or 30 more percent, and just slowly start trickling in. But you know, you don't listen to this show because I've I've preached never pulling out of the market. <laughs> I listen to this show all the time. So what show are you listening to? Your show. No, I preach don't yeah. pull out of the market. I know you do, but you know you want to you want to beat the market, right? No, I mean, everyone wants to beat it. I know you want to, but you're not but going I'm not to. That smart. 
Interruptus marketus. You put, made the biggest mistake. You pulled out. I, I know it. But what do I do now? That's the problem. I say you jump off a cliff. <laughs> Your life is ruined. <laughs> That's what I feel like doing. Golden Gate Bridge. As soon afternoon. as you invest, let us know so we can cash out. No, actually, here's what you want to do. You want to get a non-emotional approach to this because what pulled you out, it has nothing to do with research. It had nothing to do with, you know, stop losses, lines in the sands, valuation issues. There was no real anything besides a gut feeling, which is typically wrong right. in the market. Um, and I've proved that to myself many times over 20 years in the business. Anytime it gets emotional, it seems to be um, – or if I make a decision purely on taxes in that kind of an issue, that's, that tends to be a mistake. So what you have to do is put a non-emotional approach to this thing and write it down on paper, put it on a calendar on the wall, and say I'm going to go in over, back in over, a, you know, maybe it's a three, maybe it's a six-month period, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And you average it in every single week until that period is over. Now, if the market corrects down 10%, yeah. finish your dollar-cost averaging, put it in all right away, anywhere from a you know, 5 to 10% correction. Um, the Fed's going to be behind this for a while, and unless you start seeing drastic reduction in revenue from from these companies, yeah. um, I think we're going to be okay. It's going to be. I mean, last year it's the same thing. We rallied up quite a bit in the first quarter. We fell almost 10%. Rallied back up. Took six months to get above where we were, and then pulled back another seven and a half percent or so. So, so at 56, how would you suggest maybe a 60% uh, mix? In, in, in equities, something like that? I mean, does that make about some, some kind of sense? Yeah, I mean, you've got a ways to go to retire. If you've got $300,000 saved up, you're going to be working for a while. Well, I have a pension, a, a defined benefit plan, and Social Security. My wife's got the same. So. Oh, good. So if you've got some pensions, a 60-40 mix is, is okay. If you didn't have the pensions, that would be a bit aggressive. Um, but, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. You make sure you get your international small cap, mid cap, but a real good concentration on dividend-paying stocks. Start listening to the show a little bit closer. Because I say stay invest as long as the 10-year treasury is under 3.5. Yeah, I mean, you know. Period. You never go all in or go all out. You you might take times where you lighten up and, and pull up some of the riskier stuff to raise a little bit of cash. If the 10-year treasury goes to 8 9%, I'm out of stocks. I'm in all bonds. Oh, yeah, I would lock in 30-year bonds for sure. Exactly. Anyway, Chad and I, this is Geek Talk. Doubletree Hotel, this weekend, Burlingame, California, Saturday, two events, one on wealth preservation, one on wealth accumulation. You can get more events, more content at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I've got CFP Chad Burton here. He's good for a phone call or an email. You can email him chad at chadburton.com. You can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Barring some type of disaster, the stock market should log a winning week today for the week. 
The SP 500 is up 1.9 percent. The Russell 2000 is up 3 percent. We're in earnings season. I think earnings are speaking voluminous amounts of of data that earnings are okay out there. They're not great. They're not bad. It's a little Goldilocks in. We got our first look at first quarter GDP. It came in at about 2.5%. What was interesting inside this number, 12.6% jump in residential investment. Uh, Personal consumption expenditures up 3.2%. We thought going into the start of the year, conventional wisdom would say that consumers are going to dry up, that higher taxes were going to take away their, their buying power. It turns out that's not the case. So we see so far. But again, we just got a call from a man who basically tried to time the market because he thought all this bad news. And in the end, it's all about earnings to me. So that's why I don't lose, quote-unquote, my faith, even in bad stock market times. CFP Chad Burton, we're going to give away a $100 gift certificate in the next segment. It's a KDO half-off deal. It's tied towards uh, sports. Am I eligible? You are not eligible. So, except for we could have someone call in from a back room. <laughs> oh, hi, this is Chad Burton. From my boiler room? <laughs> from your boiler room. <laughs> um, so that's coming up next segment. So get your dialing fingers ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's 800-516-1220. Uh, why don't most advisors take $100,000 accounts, Chad? I, I saw one guy on the radio who's got a mutual fund, and he takes $500 accounts. He's not doing very well with it because he has to charge four and a half percent and the two percent management fees. Well, that's why I think it's you know especially when you come at it from the CFP angle where we do some of these educational workshops to get people started like the Money 101 on well tomorrow. Where did this week go, by the way? Um, where did this year go? Exactly <laughs> nine months till Christmas. I know I can't believe we're in the second earnings season of the year so far. I'm just wow, it's fast. Eight um, months till Christmas. Yeah. Uh, well, part of it is is because you spend the same amount of time with the person that has you know two hundred fifty thousand, hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars as you do with larger clients. So by the time you charge the fees to get paid at the hourly rate that that you you are going to get as a fee based advisor, it, it's too much in fees, and it's almost like okay, hey, here's how you need to do it on your own until you get that two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollars. I was talking about this yesterday on your show. Investing has never been cheaper. I mean, when I got into the business, Rob, almost 20 years ago, the average mutual fund charged 1.5%, even on the no-load side, until Vanguard really gained a lot of traction on the no-load side. And then they were at, you know, really around a half a percent or so. Now, index funds and ETFs charge one-tenth of 1% to be invested in them. And you can buy all those index funds and ETFs for free at almost every single brokerage firm. You got iShares Core Funds, you got the Schwab ETFs, which are like four-tenths of 1%. One-tenth of one, one percent it is so, so low in rates. And the key is is that you accumulate. So the first, you could put 17500 in your 401K. Most families can't afford to do that when they're younger, right? Right. Then you could put your next 5500 into a Roth for each of you and your spouse if you're eligible. And so there's a lot of things that you can do on your own to accumulate assets. And, you know, just get a growth portfolio in your 20s and 30s. That's... You know, growth portfolio would be something like 25% U.S. value, 25% U.S. large cap growth, 10% small cap, 10% mid cap, 15% international developed, and 15% emerging markets. And you're done, and you accumulate that systematically on a monthly basis. Anytime you can set it up so it's automatically withdrawn from your paycheck, automatically withdrawn from your bank account, so there's nothing you have to do emotionally or physically at the end of each month, 
you will be so surprised on how quickly your wealth builds. And uh, that's these people that retire with millions and millions of dollars. That's how they did it. Absolutely. And ETFs have really radicalized the investment world. I saw Wisdom Tree just reported numbers today, and they're one of the ETF players out there, and their revenues are ballooning. They're, yeah. doing, they're doing a great job of keeping the low cost low. They marketed the heck out of their Japan dollar, their Japan currency hedged ETF. Um, they've got a lot of dividend based ETFs, and that's been the, the latest thing. Concerns me a little bit because that has been the latest thing on Wall Street is dividend growth. We, you know, have talked about it for years. I mean, you used to give out that Merchants Dividend Cheaper book. Yeah. A long time ago, and it's 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 great. That's a good read. Yeah, it's, it's Mergent, M-E-R-G-E-A-N-T, Dividend Achievers, and it's just basically companies that increase their dividends. And it tells you a little profile in the company. It shows you their cash flow. It shows you their earnings. It shows you the uh, the dividends. It's 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 not simple. It's not complex. It's incredibly simple, and it's 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 one of my favorite reads. I still get that quarterly. So uh, you can buy it online. You can get it used. Uh, I don't think it has to be relevant. You know, it doesn't have to be quarterly that you do it. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit much. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the ETF PID, which is the What's that? it's the Merchant Dividend Achiever International ETF, essentially. Um, the problem, as you know, I don't like using index funds to invest overseas because index funds, by nature, change their holdings once a year. And last year, I watched PID hold for an entire year almost a bank that it had to cut their dividend. And for me, if you're owning a dividend-paying stock that misses a dividend increase or they cut their dividend, it's an immediate sell. That means there is something wrong that you might not see. And so, you know, I think that international investing requires more hands-on management, more very specific stock picking rather than indexes. Cause I don't like the way international indexes are constructed. I see that you got an email, and you forwarded it to me. Thank you. You can drop him an email, chat at chadburton.com. You can come meet him tomorrow at the Doubletree in Burlingame, as we do two events. You can learn more about those events at robblack.com. But Bob sends an email. Can you talk about the difference between a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k? Yeah, Roth 401k is, um, in your 401k, almost every single company I know of now has the Roth 401k option, where you have the choice to take whatever dollar you want to put in your 401k. You could put it in pre-tax into the normal 401k side, um, and that way you're only missing, you know, 65 to 75 cents out of your paycheck, right? Because you're not paying taxes on that. The entire dollar goes to work. In a Roth 401k, you can put a dollar in to the Roth 401k. It does not get a tax deduction, so you miss the entire dollar. And But the entire dollar goes to work in the Roth 401k, completely tax-free for the rest of your life, just like a Roth IRA. Um, so the question is, it's, people ask all the time, should I choose the regular side of my 401k or the Roth side of the 401k. And, you know, I was just kind of jotting this down as I got this email in about just four different kind of scenarios because there's not one right answer. And uh, the, let me give you two basic scenarios for young people. First of all, let's say you're a young person. You're kind of starting out. Um, you've, your total marginal bracket is 15% or less, right? Right. You just started in the earnings world. Your earnings are going to grow, so you know your taxes in the future are going to be higher because your income is going to be higher. So what I would probably do at that point is kind of split my contributions, have enough of my paycheck go into the normal 401k side because the matches are going to go into the normal side. So put enough into the normal side to get the match. Put everything else you can afford into the Roth 401k side until you hit the combined amount of 17500 
That way you have a nice mix of pre-tax dollars that you got a tax deduction and tax-free dollars for the rest of your life. So that's kind of for the younger worker that's starting out at the lower income bracket. But let's say you're a high-income earner. Let's say you, you, your marginal bracket is well over 25%. Well, usually it pays you to get as much as you can on the tax deduction side, max out that regular 401k side to get your income low enough to where you might be able to do a Roth IRA in addition to a fully deductible pre-tax 401k. Right, so that's just two scenarios for the younger high-income worker and the younger, um, you know, starting out or lower-income worker. But then you got older people that ask the same question. Maybe you're, um, you know, 45 to 55 years old, and you're behind on savings. Right. And you know that because you're behind on savings, you're going to be at a, you know, to the same or lower tax bracket than when you retire, and you're behind. You need all the tax deduction you can get. So I'd max out the pre-tax side. But let's say you're an older worker and you've saved well, and you're at a high bracket now. You've saved really well. You know you're still going to be at a high bracket in retirement. Then you might want to do a mix. Um, if you can afford the taxes, then you max out the 401k Roth side because that means, hey, if all of your other savings are pre-tax, you need a, a, a tax-free bucket essentially to help you know complement your income when you're in retirement. So. The high-income earner that's ahead of the game, it's saved well enough, needs to start thinking about building up that other tax-free bracket in the Roth 401k side. So it really depends on what's right for you. And what people need to do is sit down with their advisor, tax advisor, after the you know the April craziness is over and talk about some of those issues with either their tax advisor or their financial planner. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Tomorrow, 9 to noon, Doubletree Hotel. Come meet CFP Chad Burton and myself doing a wealth preservation retirement planning event from 9 to noon. Going to discuss current market conditions. Going to talk about wealth preservation and retirement planning. You want to make your dollars last as long as you can. You want to work as long as you can until you're comfortable knowing that your dollars will last as long as you. Learn all about that and much, much more. Money 101, all things financial from 1 to 4. I'm going to go over a lot of the basics. Everything that you need to know from insurance to 401ks to diversification the hints, tips, strategies, the stocks that I liked, and why. You can sign up for either or event at the Double Tree in Burlingame tomorrow at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. 19,719. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. My goal is to get you to retirement. Chad's goal, I think, is to help manage people through their last 30, 40, 50 years on this planet with some dignity, keeping them as wealthy as possible. Most of us are born in this world with nothing, and we go out with nothing. Um, how you get there is your decision. So with, with dignity, does that mean I put them gently under if they get too old? Chat. I think <laughs> I think that would be a good service. New focus, gently put you under. <laughs> There's Doctor Shirley Vian who's got the gentle touch. You could have the gentle death touch. Okay. So the Kavorkian Wealth Management Team. 
I think one of those things, Chad, it's, I think a lot of people don't realize how poor they're going to be in retirement. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, there's so many people that just don't even have a clue. There's still so many people, Rob, that will retire and then come in for a financial plan. Yeah. Those are the worst meetings. It's just like, hey, what are you going to do? you got to go back to work. You've got $100,000 saved. Yeah, that took your sounds value like... on your pension because you thought it was a good deal, but go go look for another job and get good luck getting hired because uh, there's no age discrimination in the Bay Area. Wink, wink. I've got a family member in my family that did the early retirement pension, and then he found out no one would hire him because he's old. Mm-hmm. They took his pension like at 50, and then he had to work another 10 years as basically a gardener because no one would hire him because he's 50. Um, he tried. But he wasn't able to do it. He tried to be a, a home appraiser. That just didn't stick with him because the first number of a couple of homes he botched. And uh, anyway, you get the idea is don't take that early payout unless you're really sure you've got enough. Yeah, and don't count on other people, especially if you still happen to have a pension. You know, there's very few companies that still do. They're kind of in the aerospace, defense, those types of companies still have them. Um, yeah. But, I mean, one of the reasons why I'm here today, why, why I'm in the business, is my grandfather got into this business late in his life, yeah. in his you know, late 40s, yeah. selling annuities and funds at banks and went through various rollovers and, and savings and loan crisis. And finally, when Washington Mutual took over his bank, he stayed there for a while, and they screwed up his pension, basically dissolved it, essentially. Um, and he left and took his book of business with him, and that's when I joined him. Yep. So, And, you know, he had to continue working because through all those bank mergers and everything else, his pensions that were supposed to be there, they never were. And they changed his health care and everything else. So so the average American family, what do you think they spend on prom this, these years? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Luckily, I don't have still five. Ooh, I guess I'm only three years away from having to deal with those <laughs> issues. Oh, he just woke me up. $1,500. $1,500? Yeah, kids are spoiled. Give me a break. Well, I guess with the... I mean, girls are going to spend more than guys because they're going to buy the dress. Guys are going to buy the dress. the taxes. Yeah, they're going to get their hair done. So did the limos? Yeah, you have to have. So it's pretty ridiculous. Yep. I remember uh, a brother took me on a test run for my prom, where he had me drive to the restaurant, had me drive to the hotel where the dance was, and uh, he'd kind of like that's what I got. You know, I got a, a K car. My dad, you know, mm-hmm. our family K car, but uh, my brother actually took me on a test run. So, so you I knew where everything was and you wouldn't get lost or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I can't That's imagine. A good brother right I know. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine spending that kind of money. Oh, so, anyway, um, and that's, again, that's, that can't be the average family cost. I mean, the average family doesn't have that much to spend on prom. Well, in the Midwest, it's $722. In the Northeast, it's $1,500. In the South, it's $1,200. In the West, it's about $1,080. So, and again, it's, you know, a dress, 250 bucks on average, uh, 50 bucks on average to get your hair done, 70 bucks on makeup, 30 bucks on jewelry, $45 plus on shoes. So, and those are ghetto shoes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> face it. I'm an enigma because I want women to look nice and polished and well-coiffed, but at a, the money that goes along with it, I just kind of want to ignore. Yeah. Women, we don't look at your shoes. That's true enough. So... Women will look at other women's shoes. Mm-hmm. Shoes are a battle of women. So, Anyhow, um, back to you and me. Big event <laughs> this weekend, Double Tree Hotel. That's right. Um, wealth preservation, retirement planning. Uh, plenty of room. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's going fast, though. Give a couple of free tickets away this hour and see. First three people to email me? 
That'll work. Rob at robblack.com. We'll give a couple free tickets away for the event this weekend. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I should give this away, too, right now. Um, while I'm pumping the phone number, 800-516-1220. KDO, W half-off, deal of the week, Sports House in Redwood City. What's Sports House? It's an indoor multi-sports complex. Their website sportshouseonline.com. Two cushion turf fields, two big basketball courts, youth sports, soccer, lacrosse, volleyball, basketball, cafe, parties. It's the half-off deal of the week. I'm going to give away a $100 gift certificate to the Sports House right now to the first caller who wants it in Redwood City. Get your half-off KDOW deal of the week. Visit KDOW.biz. That's KDOW.biz. Get a $100 gift certificate for only 50 bucks. Um... And right now, $100 gift certificate giveaway. You can go get it by calling the show right here, right now, 800-516-1220. You can get it, and you can sell it on the streets. That's what I'd do. So, anyhow, and anyway, you know, actually, Tad, when I was starting my business, you know, first year business, you're struggling, right? One of my partners gave me tickets to the Redskins. I was like, I'm scalping those things. So, because he had season tickets, and I got like 300 bucks, and I was like, sweet. What we did when we were 20 years old to pay the bills. Yeah. So, <laughs> free tickets. Put those tax payments off. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pay the bills. Anyhow, um, big event this weekend, two events. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can drop me an email for three sets of free tickets, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Taking a look at the markets today. We have an update on the Dow. It's up 18. The S&P 500 is down 3. The Nasdaq's down 10. This is the second really big week of earnings, and so far, so good. Earnings have been okay. This is the, supposed to be the worst quarter of the year for earnings. should get better, and that tells you we could have upside, even if we get that second quarter correction like we've gotten in each of the past three years. You listen to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. I got CFP Chad Burton sitting in with me today. He did the show for me yesterday. He said he got a big response. What do you mean by big response? Lots of emails, phone calls, people downloading the how much I need to retire chart from the website. Can you just tell me how much I need to retire? Do I have to actually go and download something? A lot of money. You know, I spend a lot of money. Hey, you know, here's an easy way to look at it. If you're 65 years old, um, you can take your income that you want as long as you figure out what all your expenses are. That means here's what I need to live, here's what I need to have fun, here's what I need to pay Uncle Sam, here's what I need to pay my health care costs. Take that annual figure, divide it by .04. So, you know, you don't want to pull more than 4%. And that gives you a basic idea of what your, your nest egg needs to start out with. Um, but the chart that I have on the website that you can go to, um, newfocusfinancial.com, and there's a chart you can download that kind of gives you a basic idea of 
what your rate of return is. It adjusts for inflation automatically, but if you have a certain rate of return and a certain draw rate, it can tell you basically how long your money's going to last. And if you're already retired, it's kind of key because, hey, you need to know, maybe you're going to need to tap your home sometime in the future, either sell it, move to a different state, or do a reverse mortgage, then you better do it now while they're still around and while rates are low. So it, you really just need to you know, get your head out of the sand and really have a clear look at where you are in life. And if you're 65, drawing 6 7 8% of your portfolio, you're basically going to have to look forward to a lower standard of living in the future. I'm shocked at how many people really don't do any of that, Chad. Yeah. It's um, alarming that how many people don't. I mean, I have a, a number in my head that... I've had that number in my head since I was 18. When I was 18, I said, I want $1 million by the time I'm 35, so I don't have to work till the day I die. At 35, I wanted to potentially stop working. But then you get, you know, kids and wife and divorces and life happens to you, so you have to change that number throughout your lifetime. Uh, $1 million to me was always $40,000 to $60,000 a year in income. And that's it's basic, it's crude, but at least it's a number. Yeah, and that comes from assuming, you know, six to 7% overall rate of return throughout retirement. But the reason why you can only draw 40000 the first year because you need to know next year you're going to have to draw 40000 plus enough to keep up with inflation. The next year you're going to have to draw that plus 3% for inflation. And it's a, an increasing line on what your draw rate is. And it doesn't happen every year. You've got to look at your portfolio and say, okay, what were my expenses versus what I projected? What was my returns versus what I projected? What's my overall net worth, which includes things like your business and your real estate? And as long as those are on track for your growth projections, you can adjust your draw with inflation. But if they're not on track, then you don't want to adjust. You want to try to make your adjustments around your expenses. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a constant monitoring situation. And you know, I think people are going to have to monitor their portfolio in retirement even more because you get these large quarters, these you know, a year's worth of gains in one quarter. And that, that's not unusual. That happens all the time. But throughout history, if, when the market is positive, the average return is actually 22%. It's quite large. But when the market's negative, the average negative year is negative 13%. Yeah. So people think it's just a straight line 10 11%. That's not how it works. It's three steps forward, two steps back type of process. And when you're in retirement, timing your withdrawals is very, very key. It is, because the one area that I'm not honest with myself on is my budget. Yeah. And I'm honest with saving, and last year, you know, I got a couple properties. I could look at how much equity I built. I could look at my 401K. I'm proud of it. But my budget, I'm not proud of. I'm yeah. not good with budget, and I could honestly admit that. That's good. Yeah, mine's eating out. That's, really? That's what does it. Eating out what? Just eating. I mean, with three kids and, you know, trying to get a quick meal in between soccer games and those types of things. That's eating out is where I spend too much money. How much do those kids eat? You know, I used to be able to go to a sushi place, you know, like with the circular yeah. tables and get out of there for like 30 bucks. Now it's like 60 Yeah. to get, but, you know, a 2 to $3 type of a sushi plate place. So it's, um, get a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, two boys, that they, they can eat me out of the, that was horrible. <laughs> that came out wrong. They can eat me under the table. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it either. Can we move on? Prison talk with Chad Burton. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Um, we edit that out live for us? Not a chance. <laughs> so George Jones died. Yes, he did. Once again, proving that everyone dies. He said, I'll love you till I die. Once again, proving everybody probably found that on Facebook and Twitter before any other news source. 
Do we care? I don't know. You're not a country singer guy, kind of guy, are you? Um, I, yeah, there's times when I do like country. Yeah. See, you know what's interesting is iTunes turns 10 this week, and they talk about how many songs people download. Downloading songs is going the way the dodo bird fast. Yeah. The thing is, is that you still want to own your library, right? Take it anywhere. I don't want to have to be online when I have my music. That's something Apple has to get on immediately. You got to get oh, they will. a Spotify type service. They will. So, or uh, that comes out before the end of the year. And again, who's the who's the greatest tech company right now? It has to be Amazon. Yeah, how long are people going to deal with the margins on that company? Especially if some sort of internet sales tax comes in. Oh, come on. They're killing it in um cloud cloud computing. Yeah, that's that is that's true. Every album you buy from them is yours for life. In their storage, which is surreal to me because I like that concept enormously, and I'm with you. Like Amazon almost feels a little bit. Uh, Apple makes you feel like you got a premier product, whereas Amazon you're feeling like you're shopping at Walmart. But it's a better. That's what their website looks to me is like a Walmart. Uh, I mean, I, I can't. You know, they have the potential to have a much a, a, a really good ecosystem, but I think it's just so. Choppy to use. I don't. I, I don't know. You know, I got Kindle Fires for the kids and tried to mess around with the music. I just didn't like it. Really? It's so much easier to go on iTunes, get your music, use Spotify. I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the Amazon. How about for your kids? Uh, what are you feeling about it? The Kindles? Yeah. You know, I think the kids they'll tend to read more with a normal book rather than on a Kindle. It's okay. easier to get them to. Here's you give them the physical book, have them read it. I don't know. Games I, on the Kindle? Yeah, Videos. a little bit, but, you know, try to limit that as much as I can. Uh, so. I heard some mother talking this week, and she said, yeah, how let my kids get anything for free. They can get any app they want for free. The 99 cent apps, I'm okay with. So the other ones, they kind of work for it. Yeah. And I'm like, weird. One of the best things I've seen is where um, somebody left a note on their door and said, here's all the... Here's the five things that you have to do today. Clean your room, wash the dishes, fold the laundry, and do your homework. Once those are all done, I'll give you the Wi-Fi password. Wow. I think that's genius for the summertime. I'm I'm doing that. I'm changing the Wi-Fi password every day. Wow. <laughs> there's a good chance there's a story that comes out this year. Uh, CFP Chad Burton shot. <laughs> kids, kids revolt. Kill dad. But I guess they can't get on Amazon and get a gun. That's true. Yeah. They won't have the password. <laughs> so we're doing two events. Um, you can sign up for them at robblack.com. Robblack.com is going to be in Burlingame. They're very serious. The first one is Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's the Double Tree in Burlingame from 9 to noon tomorrow. 9 to noon tomorrow. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Chad runs that. It's for people who are wealthy heading towards retirement. I do one in the afternoon, Money 101, All Things Financial, and that's for people who are accumulating wealth. Two very separate events. You can learn more about either or at robblack.com and sign up at robblack.com. Rob Black has a...
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So this is me, Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, seminars, retirement plans. There's so many little components to creating wealth in your lifetime. How much you spend on a prom? Over $1,000 seems crazy to me. I'd rather give a kid a $1,000 check and put it in your Roth if you want, or take it and blow it on prom. My brother Michael, his first wife, and there's the first thing that you have to note here is the first wife. He said to his wife, Chad, his fiance at the time, he goes, how about I just put $10,000 into our retirement plan instead of spending 12000 on the wedding? And she won at the wedding, and they're a couple years later divorced. So... So don't don't get married. Is that the the, I, the key? <laughs> don't spell that on the on the wedding. I strongly suggest eloping. Have a vacation. Have a reception party. Yeah. So that's the way to do it. That's a stressful event. That's the a big idea. wedding is a stressful event for the bride and groom a lot of times. Yeah. It's just it's also expensive, and you pay for it for a long time. So anyway, the whole point of this this diatribe that I'm going off on a side note is that um, there's things that we spend a lot of money on. Insurance is one of them. So I recently upped my disability insurance, and it hurt financially to do. I mean, it's yep. not free, and it's not cheap. No. But it, well, if you get disabled, it saves your, your bacon. Yeah, and luckily you can't get old or sold disability insurance because they'll only insure a certain amount of your income. Right. Um, but I was, uh, you know, a friend of mine that actually went on uh, went on disability didn't realize they had chose to pay for their disability. Yeah. With pre-tax dollars, so when they got their 60% coverage when they hit the long term from a broken ankle, um, they didn't realize that it was going to be taxable. So you know, the whole idea why you only get usually about 67% of your income fully yeah. covered is because even as a business owner, you want to pay for it with after-tax dollars so that when it comes in, it's tax-free. And that's that way it's kind of a wash. It's a lower income, but it's tax-free. When you pay for it with pre-tax dollars, it's taxable. So your income drops and you're still paying taxes on it. So the, that person is suddenly struggling with their income. It's really about 40% lower than the normal, and that's a tough, that's a tough thing to have happen. Well, you got your lifestyle set up on on a certain income level, and next thing you know, you got zero to 60% of what you had. I think it's fair to say that maybe our listeners know this, but I don't think most Americans know that disability insurance or the disability that you claim if you know you can't go to work from the state, it sucks. It's not a lot of money. Right. And that's why you have to go out and get another plan for yourself that covers your your true income and not poverty levels. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that people think about life insurance first, but as you know, always say, look at the disability. If you can't afford it, because it's expensive, it usually takes about one to two percent of your income to protect your income. Now, that's a significant dollar amount for a lot of people. Um, so at minimum, you you know, hopefully your company gives you some disability coverage. At minimum, at least get some sort of an AFLAC type of a coverage that um, not pays you for getting your arm chopped off, but pays you if you, you know, hurt your back and you can't how work much, for a few weeks. How much would I have to pay you to chop off your arm? You couldn't pay me. <laughs> there has to be a dollar amount. No dollar amount. I'd like a listener to call in and tell me how much it would be. Because I think I, I, I know I'd lose a pinky for $100,000. What about a thumb? Hundred thousand. I thought you might as well chop your hand off. You lose your thumb almost, right? Oh, well, it's pretty. Well, I guess you could still do this. Yeah, you could still do your sock puppet second career, Rob. If you had no thumb, creepy. <laughs> Just wouldn't be good. As good at it. Second career sock puppeteer. 
Okay. Um, BlackSockPuppets.com. Yeah, like a whole arm. What would it be? I'm sure Fox, I'm sure some Fox executives have thought about this for a TV show. Oh, man. So the world's most dangerous financial planner, CFP, Chad Burton, is going to be in Berlin game tomorrow at the Doubletree Hotel, uh, 9 to noon. Tell us a little bit about your event. Well, let me lead into it with this. I just got an email from a client that was sent an email by Phillips, where he works, on another announcement of a frozen pension plan. It's no longer going to accumulate benefits. It's frozen. So essentially a lot of people that that went to work for an employer that have a pension plan that's going to pay them X at age 60, age 62, age 65, whatever it may be, those plans are being frozen to cash balance pension plans. And when you retire, you do want to create um, you know, 20 to 30% of your income at minimum from sources that you can't outlive. In the past, it used to be pension plans. Now, you got Social Security, and you got to create your own pension plan, especially with bond rates so low. So we talk about guaranteed lifetime income from no-load sources and how those work. Um, and, you know, the idea of having to be able to invest and just live off the income is very tough these days. Bond yields are 70% of what they were in 2007. And most retirees tend to have 40 to 60% of their assets in bonds and CDs. So their income has just tanked. So how do you create the income that you need in this type of an environment where high dividend paying stocks are paying more than bonds? And when will that transition be back from looking at those dividends to back to bonds? You know, when will that come? You don't know. So you got to brace for a decade of this type of uh, planning. Carlos sent an email. Quick question. Someone told me the government changed law or expired regarding long-term capital gains on a primary residence. Per our discussion home I just left almost two years ago, confirm I can sell and not pay any capital gains because I lived in it for the past five years and considered it primary. So before I make any moves, I need to make sure the law is accurate. Carlos. Well, what he's talking about, so there's, there's new rules. The two out of the last five years is still the same. Um, if you've had it as a rental property during that period of time, you're still going to have to recapture the depreciation that you took on your Schedule E. But the laws that have changed are when you move back into a home that was a rental property. Um, you can't just say, here's my, here's my rental property, and I've had it as a rental property for a long period of time, and then move back into it two years and then you know get that $500,000 capital gain exclusion. It doesn't work like that. The formula is much more complicated than that. But it's if if it's he's literally lived in it and he's only been gone for a couple of years, then he's got a time a, a ticking clock to be able to get that five hundred thousand dollar exclusion. Sell our event this weekend. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Come on, do um, it. Rob will have a lot of jokes. He likes hugs, and bring a, you're going to learn a lot. Bring a wiffle bat because Chad likes to be hit with a wiffle bat. And Rob's basically a pinata. If you hit him, he'll. Chad has, out candy. Chad has candy that he gives out to, to, to <laughs> children. And Rob has his sock puppets. So there we go. I think we just get a, did a good job selling it, right? Burling Game Doubletree. Sign up at robblack.com. It's tomorrow at robblack.com. You can sign up Doubletree and Burling Game. Actually, we have a whole minute, so go ahead. I, I tell you what, if you email Rob or myself, chad at chadburton.com, next three emails will give you a free entry. To the event. It's filling up quick, so sign up soon. That's chat at chadburton.com. And I'm Rob. And the show is Rob Black and Your Money. Let's talk more about pensions and Social Security maxing after the break. Okay. Um, SP 500 sit down three. The Dow's up 14. The Nasdaq down 11.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and your money. Doing a live event tomorrow in Burlingame at the Doubletree. Two events, one with CFP Chad Burton. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. 9 to noon, Doubletree Burlingame. More information at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's all about retirement planning. I mean, seriously. You may think that I kind of go off topic to go off topic. I don't go off topic to go off topic. Having a kid in this day and age now costs you $234,900 to keep it fed and a roof over its head for the next 17 years. That's twelve to $14,000 a year minimum. Not minimum, but likely. That's crazy, Chad. Why do people have children? <laughs> I ask myself that every day, Rob. So, every day. They make you poor. No, they're they're amazing, but boy, they're they they are expensive. And sending them to college is harder and harder. It's it's more expensive than ever before. Hopefully these college costs are stop increasing at such a rapid rate. Yeah, we're that's something that our society has to focus on. I don't know if we will, but we have to focus on it in large part because 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 Aging population. Aging population, need taxes. Do you remember when we were doing all these bailout? It, when when the bailout was happening in 2000, was it 7 or 8? 2008. 2008 and 9, essentially, with big bailouts. And people were talking about, well, just give a million dollars to all the people that are 60 years old and working and have them opt out of Social Security. And that literally would have been cheaper than the bailouts. I mean, the bailouts, actually, a lot of companies like AIG and, you know, were actually a money maker for the government in the end. But it is the problem is going to continue to be youth unemployment because 60-year-olds are going to have to work longer and longer. And so part of what the 60-year-olds that are behind the game, what they have to think about is maxing out their Social Security, especially a married couple. And a lot of times you have a situation where, let's say, husband... Um, slightly younger or older, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. He was the main income earner. So the biggest Social Security check is going to come from him, and then half of his is going to go automatically to the wife. But let's say the wife worked for a certain period of time and made enough 10 years' worth of work to, to create her own Social Security benefit. One of the things that that couple might do is that when the husband retires or at 66 or whatever, file for Social Security but suspend the benefits. Let them continue to grow. Don't take it yet. Wife at age 62, takes her own benefit based on her own earnings. And then once the husband hits 70, he kicks on his paycheck, and then the wife switches to her paycheck based on his earnings. There's little tricks like that with Social Security that people don't do, um, and they don't realize. And if you have longevity, it's important to think about that. If you don't have longevity, take Social Security as early as possible and get it while you can. But if you have a lot of longevity and you're, um, trying to figure out how to max out, get the most out of a system that you paid into for the last 40, 50 years of your working life, um, better figure out how to get as much as you can, right? Absolutely. One of the things that you and I try to do is we try to show people some unconventional things, ways of thinking. Again, kids cost money, twelve to $14,000 a year per kid. But there's also like some, you know, some safe principles that we all need to live by. One of them, for me, is time is money. Um, get as much saved as you can, as fast as you can. Money will double, sometimes in seven years, sometimes in ten years, sometimes in five years. 
So get as much saved as fast as you can because it could be the difference between 200000 and $800,000 um, having your money work for you. Mm-hmm. you know, remember, time is money. The other one in retirement is cash is king because the cash stash that you have will allow you to get through bad markets, which will come. Uh, it, you know, every year there's at least two or three, five to seven percent corrections. Every three to five years, there's at least one twenty percent correction, and you'll you're going to be fine. Right. Your portfolios will recover as long as you don't draw from it at the at the trough. I will go one for one with you on financial sayings or wisdoms or mm-hmm. pearls or nougats. Don't cultivate a sense of oversmartness. We had a call in the first hour of a guy who sold out of the market because he saw. Europe. He saw a sequester. He didn't know who was going to win the election. He saw a bad economy, printing Fed money, printing Japanese money. He got too smart. Yeah. And he sold out of the market, and he's missed a 20% move now. And what? he's 56. There's people that sold out in 2009. Yeah. And I, I see it all the time that people come into the office with this. In fact, um, Walt emailed. He said, I had to I'd take a phone call right when you were responding to the caller who had pulled out of the market. You were talking about a strategy to use. When my phone call came in, and your final comment was, that is how older people who retire with millions get rich. And so what you have to do if you're sitting on a ton of cash and you try to time the market over and over again and you're completely wrong, it's because you're doing it on emotion. So you have to you know, put a physical calendar in front of you and say, I'm going to dollar cost average my cash back into a specific portfolio over three months, six months, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. If it's more time, then do it over more time. But if the market corrects, um, you know, seven to ten percent. Accelerate that, but put it down on paper. Take the emotion out of it and do it no matter what. Because typically, when your fear level is the highest, that's the best time to actually do it. So ignore what your stomach is telling you when it comes to investing, and don't try to be that smart again. The only timing that you need to do is is here's your cash that you need, three years worth of expenses. Here's your portfolio. If you have a quarter that's large, peel off enough growth to replenish your cash. But you know. To get to the point, people ask all the time. I mean, they, they come in for a meeting. They say, okay, I'm expecting you to tell me what I'm supposed to do with my investments. I need to see your tax return and your expenses before I can tell you what your asset allocation is. It's all driven by – your asset allocation is driven by your expenses in retirement okay. because I, I need to say, here's what you need. Here's the gross number you need to have all of your spending, including taxes and health care. And I guarantee you, your projections are not correct in terms of what those will be. Um and uh, so then then I can calculate how much you need to draw out of your portfolio each year. That Three years of that needs to be in cash, and then I can asset allocate correctly. But where your asset location comes into play is what's your tax bracket? I need to know what your tax bracket's going to be, where your assets are held between taxable accounts and IRAs, so I can tell you which account you're going to draw from first in retirement or a combination of accounts. So a lot of the the, the investment planning, you have to do the projections and the tax planning first. It's it's key to retirement, so you don't spend too much on taxes in retirement. So some homework on your end. You got to get your expenses written down, dialed out, and uh, know what you're going to spend. Know what you want your retirement to be like. Got an email, Rob at RobBlack.com. Good morning. Is there a provision to sell a rental property and fund a new home purchase? Provision in terms of a tax-free. Yeah. The, the only thing that you can do on on rentals is if you're swapping one rental for another one that's you know at least one dollar more in value is a 1031 exchange where it's basically a tax deferred exchange of your gains from one property to another um, but there's nothing you can do in terms of sell a rental property and have a tax free to, to buy another home that you're going to live in 
you could always not pay the taxes and see if the IRS catches you. You could do that, yeah. And they will catch you. <laughs> they will. <laughs> it's a pretty obvious that. one. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I see the Harlem Globetrotters are having a clinic. Oh, that'd be fun. Kids love the Harlem Globetrotters. Have you taken your kids to no. one? There's no chance you'll ever see me at the Harlem Globetrotters event. So... <laughs> I think they're a blast, so. I don't have a good sense of humor. Like, I don't enjoy things. You're kind of a homebody outside of radio, right? Kind of am. So, anyhow. Um, Lots of cats and stacked paper. and <laughs> Rob's going to be on Hoarder's show. Whatever. It doesn't get out much. Um, so come see him while you can tomorrow at Burlingame. You know, I am starting to think of, of retiring from seminars. Really? Yeah, kind of. It's Every time I do them, I dread them. You might want to do I mean, yeah, after TV starts, you probably will get a little bit... Shh, I haven't announced that. What? I haven't announced that. Really? Oh, okay. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The SP 500 down 3. The Dow up 14. The NASDAQ down 11. Um, I don't know. You saw a trade glitch this week where the market swooshed after Twitter got hacked and... Mm. Yesterday, you got the CBOE, the Chicago Board of Exchange, where a lot of options are traded, shut down for a majority of the day. I heard one analyst talk about, instead of having limit orders to sell, maybe you should have limit orders to buy, because glitches are going to continue to happen, and you can get rich from glitches. I thought that was an interesting thought. Basically, it's predicting that there's going to be more false information scams out there, that the glitch that hit Twitter... A lot of people were hypothetic, uh, hypothetically running some scenarios of saying, what if that was terrorists? And they, they basically watched what stocks fell the most, and then they do it again, and they, they short before they do it. It's a pretty interesting concept, right? Yeah, I mean, that stuff is so easy to be tracked by the SEC now. So, I, you know, if, if there is money laundering or terrorist funds involved in that, they're going to find it really, really fast. I just like the speculation angle. I, I hope that we're, you know, six months to a year away of having computer-based algorithm trading just banned. You think that's going to happen? I, I hope it does because you know, seminars I used to tell people all the time, oh, the market's not more volatile now than ever. You just see it more. The market is much more volatile on a daily basis now than when I started in the business or even three years ago. I'm with you. 800-516-1220, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event tomorrow, Saturday, April 27th from 9 to noon. Doubletree Hotel, it's the Airport Boulevard location, Burlingame. Uh, CFP, Chad Burton, is going to discuss reducing risk, portfolio structure, tax-efficient distributions, uh, economic outlooks, structuring of portfolios. It, it's a good event. Chad does a really, really nice job of putting together you know, nice slides that, that flow together well. That's Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning tomorrow from 9 to noon. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. In the afternoon, I'm doing an event from 1 to 4. Doubletree Hotel, Airport Boulevard, and Burlingame. Later next month, we're going to be coming to Pleasanton at Sheraton on a Thursday night. You can find out about more information on all these events at You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
Welcome back in. Rob Black. In your money, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Kicking and screaming, as I like to say. Let's bring in Michelle Lerman, power attorney, state planning attorney. Michelle, you with us? I am. How are you doing today? Great, thanks. Chad? Well, Michelle, it was interesting because we... We're talking at one of the last events, and Michelle will be with us tomorrow at Burlingame um, to talk about the estate planning side, both for the 101 and, and the morning event, which is wealth management, when uh, estate planning is, is really important when you're trying to leave assets. And the last time we were at the vet, you mentioned that now that we have a permanent exclusion of 5250000 it's permanent until they change it again. And then in the last budget proposal that Obama came out with, he tried to attack that number already and try to bring it back down to, what, the $3.5 million range? So what should right. wealthy people, people that are worth 3 to $5 million, what should they be thinking about right now? They need to be thinking about modifying their estate plan because most people have a type of estate plan that they no longer need for death taxes but is actually going to increase their income tax. So it's critical that current plans be reviewed, and especially what I would focus on is if you are a married couple, if you have a net worth of under $5 million, and if you've been married a long time and you have kids of your marriage, uh, it's, you're going to want to understand the pros and cons of having a much simpler kind of estate plan. So if that's the case, if people need to just have a much simpler document, They've got these really elaborate trusts that create three different trusts and then they pass away because that was made back when you could only pass a million dollars. What does that look like? Is that you throw the old trust out the window? I mean, how, how do people fix this? Chad, it's pretty simple. They, the name of their trust is going to stay the same. So the good news is that if you already have assets in your old trust, when you get a new trust, you don't need to do anything with those assets. They're still in the new trust. Mm-hmm. And so we basically give uh, an updated document. So the name of the trust stays the same, but you have a new, simpler document as your trust. So you don't have to change your account titles or anything else. Right, right. Now, what about you don't have to change your account titles on your taxable accounts, but what about your beneficiaries on your IRAs and things like that? And if you have younger kids or, or kids that you don't want to give the money outright to, you want to have some control after death, what do you do about that? Well, you might want to look into holding those assets in a trust, not necessarily in your living trust because that, again, there are just so many pitfalls. There's so many ways that you can go wrong with estate planning, but it's so simple to get the right answer. So the right answer is that you'll want to look to see if you can either name a custodian as the beneficiary for minor children or create a trust on the beneficiary designation form. And it's not so difficult to do, but you have to think about, wow, do I really want my my child to have control over a large retirement account? And there's ways to protect it so that the child is protected. Yeah, and sometimes it's a couple of attempts. you got a good attorney like yourself gives specific retirement account beneficiary designation instructions to people. And then, as you know, we're doing a call today with a custodian because – a lot of custodians are taking the approach that we don't want to have to make any decisions on who's who, on who's dead, on what to do with the money. It has to be very 
very much left up to the trustee at the death. And so it's a little back and forth, and people have to also realize that with their 401k plan, they need to send the beneficiary designation in with some sort of a proof that it was received. Right, right. We've had situations where um, people have passed away and they name their estate, for example, as the beneficiary on the retirement account, and that is a big no-no. That you really don't want to do. An estate is not considered a beneficiary designation. And even you don't want to name my living trust. That's not a proper beneficiary designation. So typically if you're married, you're going to name each other. You're going to name your spouse. And then as the contingent beneficiary, you're either going to want to name adult children if you want them to have full control over it, or if they're minors, you're going to either want to name a custodian or have a trust prepared that can be used as the beneficiary designation. But that's a specialized trust. That's not your living trust. What if so you, we always talk with our clients about the different uh, the different approaches. Gotcha. And let's talk about what if you have either kids that uh, maybe they're a special needs situation or maybe they're just horrible with money. What kind of things can people do in their living trust to help protect that kid? Kids horrible with money? <laughs> <laughs> My kids think that they're great with money. Well, they all do. They're great at spending Exactly, exactly. 18, that's a great age to inherit a lot of money. Um, Well, what we do is we set up trust to protect the children. And so then you ask yourself, well, until what age do I want my kids protected? Sometimes a great plan is to have your kids become the trustee of their own trust at a certain age but keep the assets in trust for their whole lifetime because then it can pass to their children, your future grandchildren, instead of passing perhaps to a spouse that they end up divorcing or creditors that, you know, that money could be more susceptible to creditors. So we often do a plan that stays protected for the whole lifetime Mm -hmm. of the child, but we make the child in charge. Gotcha, gotcha. We actually got to cut off. We got a hard break coming up. Go to LermanLaw.com to find Michelle. She'll be with us tomorrow at Burlingame. Sign up at RobBlack.com. Preventative care. For more information and a free consultation, call five. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.